How are we doing, Reckless? We good? Man, so glad you guys are here tonight. I hope uh, everybody had a great spring break. And um, how many of you guys went to the beach last week? Yell at me. <laughs> you went with us. So nobody went to the beach. Nobody's excited about that. Who went to the beach? Come on. Yell at me. Man, it must have rained all week or something at the beach. Uh, how many of you guys just hung out and you did absolutely nothing last week and you loved it? All right, there we go. A little bit more excitement to do nothing. That's good. Man, I hope regardless of what you did last week, uh, we missed you guys, uh, missed meeting last week, and I uh, hope that you guys had an amazing uh, spring break. I want to take a, uh, a minute and welcome all the moms and dads and family members and friends who normally aren't here but are here tonight. So you guys yell at me. All right, that was decent, decent. So moms and dads, uh, we're glad you're here. Even if your teenager is not excited that you're in the room right now, we are glad you're here. So um, we're grateful that you've come tonight. And um, this, the reason we're, we're doing this tonight is uh, we want to celebrate. We want to show some videos just like the, ones that you, uh, the one that you just saw. We want you, you guys to hear stories and testimonies of things that God did. And we want to tonight to be able to, to shine the spotlight clearly on God. And, um, and let you guys know some of the amazing things that he was up to uh, with our team last week in Nicaragua. So we had a, an amazing uh, trip. And um, I appreciate all of you guys, and I know our team does, all of you guys that, that prayed for us, uh, that thought about us, that kept uh, up to date on uh, social media stuff about what, what was going on and things like that. So we, uh, we're very grateful for your prayers and everything. And, uh, and it, was, it really was an amazing week. And this trip is, is always an amazing trip. Um, I love it because, for many reasons, but one of which is, we get an opportunity to see stuff like that. We get an opportunity to see the poorest of the poor, and to, to see the least of these. And yet, to, to be in an environment where, as much as we're stretched, there's never those situations where, where we feel like, you know, we're in over our heads, or that God's not using us, or doing something great through us. And so... It was an, uh, an incredible week, and so I want you to hear less from me uh, tonight, which is, which is a good thing, and hear from some of our students. We've got another video that we're going to show you in just a couple minutes, but um, I want to give you guys, in case you, yeah, woo, in case, uh, in case you guys wandered in the room tonight, maybe this is your first time at Reckless, and you're wondering why we're showing videos and things like that. Uh, last year, we had an oppor- or last week, had an opportunity to take 85 students and leaders uh, with us to the country of Nicaragua. And so we've got a, a team picture, if you want to throw that up on the screen. There they are. That's a, that's a good-looking crew right there. So this is, the, this is the largest team that we've ever taken. And it, it is, can be a logistical nightmare at times. Um, but, uh, but it was an amazing, amazing week. And, um, and every single one of these students and leaders, when you take a, tr- a team that big, uh, sometimes you think, man, you could probably pull two-thirds of them that did a great job, or you know, some that, that kind of we could have done without. But last week was not the case. Um, every single student, every single leader really stepped up and did everything that we asked them to, and, um, and were willing to step out in faith and be used uh, by God to accomplish great things. And so, we, uh, as many of you guys know, we've, over the last few years, concentrated on a specific village called the Flags. And, um, and over the last few years, we've seen as this village, what started as squatters on this land that kind of took over this area that didn't belong to them, 
And, um, and over the last few years, the government's given them control, and then we've seen electricity come t- uh, there. They put a school up. And, um, and over the last few years, we've seen a lot of progress, and yet it is still one of the poorest villages in all of Nicaragua. And so it is really heartbreaking as you walk through the village and you see the, the amount of the needs and, um, and how little these people have. And so the, these people have, will do whatever is necessary just to, to be able to get a little bit of money, to be able to have a little bit to feed their family. And so um, I remember one, one um, family that we met in the village or, or ran across, they, for a, a means of income, they collected plastic bottles. And so in their front yard, if you want to call it a yard, they had just a pile of plastic bottles. And that was what they used to feed their family. And when you see that, there's very few of us that can relate to what that is like, to live in that kind of environment, to have that kind of means of, of income, and to, to be that poor. And yet, in spite of that, this, these are one of, some of the most generous, uh, selfless, friendly people that you will ever meet. Um, there were many, throughout, many times throughout the week where our, our team would go door to door and would share the gospel and visit with these families, and they would be inviting our team in and looking for avocados or other things, bread or whatever, to give, to give our team because they were so um, grateful that we came to visit with them, even though they had nothing. And so that just gives you an idea of, of the kind of people that we're there ministering to and why it, it, it looks like it's so easy to fall in love with those people and, um, and why it's so difficult at the end of the week for us to get back on the plane and go home. But... Um, we, um, we were able to, this year, to, to minister to the people through things like door-to-door evangelism. We did um, sports ministry with some of the kids. We did VBS and, and told the Easter story uh, throughout the week. We um, had an opportunity, some of the ladies, to minister to the women in the village, to wash their hair, to paint their fingernails. Um, just little things that we take for granted, um, or at least the ladies do, and um, that, that they love and cherish. And so... And, and through all of that, as we had an opportunity to, to be with them, to spend time with them, to provide some of the physical needs, the goal for us was to help them understand God's love for them. And, um, and to help them understand that what God has for them is greater and more valuable than anything else. And so we watched as uh, probably 12 to 15 uh, adults put their faith and trust in Jesus, about 15 to 20 kids throughout the week, many of which it was our students that prayed with a kid or prayed with a mom or a dad um, and led them to, um, to, to faith in Jesus. And so, you know, just to be a part of that, and, and I think for our team at the end of each night to step back and say, I can't believe that God's using us the way that he is. Um, God could use any other means necessary, and yet he chooses to use us to help shine a light into these people's lives. And um, it's just amazing. So what I want to give you guys a chance to do is to hear from some of the students so this is Lindsay Blake. <laughs> Lindsay's a senior at South Paulding. This is uh, Jacob Ta'en, <laughs> who is a, a junior at South. And then this is Natalie Silva Sosa, <laughs> who is a sophomore at, at Hiram High School. So all three of these students, this was their second trip, right? second trip with us. Many of the, the students that you saw in that first video, this was their, their first time seeing it, first time on the trip. And so, um, Lindsay, we're going to start with you. So you get to go first. Good luck. This is on. It should be on. 
Hello. Hi. Okay. It's on. Um, so you start, pick a, pick a story from last week of something that God did, um, experience that you had where you watched God move in power and use our team to, to impact people. Okay, so um, the first day my group had door-to-door in the morning, and we split in half, and my group took one road, and then their, took, their group took another. And the first house we went to, we went to a lady named Margarita, and she told us that she knew God, but she like, didn't have the personal relationship with him. And so we kind of told her the story of the gospel and like, shared our stories of how God moved in our lives. And we kind of asked her if she would be like, if she wanted to get saved. And she's like, yes, you know, I, I really want to. And so we prayed with her and we got saved and we just moved on to another house. And then we met back up before lunch with our other half of our group. And they had said how they met this woman and she just wanted to pray for them. And that's all she wanted to do was just to bless them. And so they were like really in awe because we go to bless these people, but she just wanted to bless them. And so we were like really, um, it was just a cool story. And then later in small group, we were still talking about the same women that we met. And then um, I think that someone from my group had said, well, the woman that accepted Christ was the one that we gave the mattress to last year. And then they had said, well, that's who prayed over us. And so it was just cool because we had, she had just accepted Christ. And then all of a sudden she just wanted to go and bless our team again. So the life change happened like so quick. And she was just already wanting to share God's love with other people. So it's really cool. Amazing. No, no, you get another question. You're not, we're not done with you yet. So uh, over the last, I guess the last year, um, Lindsay had had, had some, some health problems. And I remember having a phone conversation with Lindsay's mom, and, uh, and we were talking about different things, and, and Lindsay's mom said, the only thing that she thinks about is how these health issues potentially are going to impact her, tr- her ability to go to, to Nicaragua again. And, um, and I remember, in, in spite of you know, the, some of the difficulties that you went through at that time, to think that the only thing on your mind was those people and those kids in the flag. So it's obvious to you, or obvious to, to me, that that this trip and these people have, have made a great impact in your life. What, what is it about this trip that's been so meaningful f- to you? Um, I, like, quickly get attached to people, and I, like, love people really easily. And so um, I think it was last year I met Mariana and her family, which I call her Maria because my Spanish kind of struggles. And so, like, when she said her name, I was like, what? But, um, <laughs> and uh, so I just started calling her Maria. And, um, but she knows now. I know her name. So, um <laughs> And so I met her family, and we got really close. And so I knew, like, when I was, like, starting to get, like, sick and, like, things were just looked like they weren't going my way, I was like, well, uh, I told her I was coming back for her. Like, I have to go back to her. And so um, I was really nervous. And I think it's because, like, we love so, like, quickly with them just because our whole, like, relationship is built off of Christ. And, like, our me and Mariana's friendship, she's seven, so, like, we have a... You know, it's not really, I mean, it is a friendship, but obviously it's not like my best friend who I tell all my secrets to. It's more like we play hide and seek. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, but so I wanted to, like, go back to her, and our, like, the love we had was just off of Christ. And she didn't really want anything from me, and I obviously, like, I didn't want anything from her, only, then, only a relationship. And so I think that was what, like, made everybody love Nicaragua so much, just because you could ask anybody on the team once they go to Nicaragua and you get in the village and you see everything, it's so hard not to yearn to, like, go back to the country. And so I think that's why, just because everything is totally about God and we aren't in it for anything else other than maybe she wants some candy other than that. So <laughs> That's awesome. So Jesus and candy. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. 
Um, I, I remember, uh, I was telling our, our, our staff this morning, that uh, the first time we pulled into the, uh, into the flags on Monday morning, and half the team, half of our, uh, the 64 students were new this year, half of them had been before. And so half the team, you know, jaws on the floor, they're looking at, at poverty like they've probably never seen before. And the other half of the team who had been there before is pointing out, there's that kid, and, there's, you know, and they're calling out names, and the kids automatically look and see um, our students and, and the people that they, that they knew from last year or two years ago, and immediately start chasing after the bus. And so I love the fact that God has, has given us the ability to, uh, to invest long-term into this group of people, that these aren't new people all of a sudden we're trying to get to know all over again, but we've got relationships that... You know, we're able to see people that last year trusted Christ, or we're able to, to bless them in certain ways, and then to go back and to continue that investment is just amazing. So, I have something else. Yes, Sorry. go ahead. Okay, um, and it is like a relationship that you actually build. Like, I know, like some of my friends, like, well, how could you really like love these people? You only seen them for a week, but it is like right when I saw Maria, right when I, I got off the bus the first day and was kind of walking around, and then my group leader Kayla was, um, she's like, well, is that her? And I was like. No. <laughs> and then I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And I like ran up to her and she automatically knew me. And she's like, she called, they call me Lindsay, like L-E-N-S-I. <laughs> and so they're like, Lindsay. And it was like, she automatically knew who I was. So like the relationship is real and we do build these relationships and it's, it's not just a one week thing. It's like a thing for life. So. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, Mr. Ta'en. Ta'en. So pick, pick a story from, from last week something that you saw God do or something that really stood out to you? Um, honestly, I'm going to not even give a share story from the village, but within my own team, um, our first meeting, I'll be honest with you, we were probably the most awkward group of people I've ever met in my life. No one talked. Um, one of our leaders wasn't even there, so we sort of just sat in a circle and stared at each other for two hours. Um, I love them all to death now, though, but um, we were just so... I didn't think that God can move through a team that um, we didn't even remember each other's names. So uh, I was really questioning it. My, uh, I remember coming home and telling my mom about it, and she said, um, what do you think they're going to do when y'all get down there? Like, none of y'all are going to talk and stuff. So it was really tough to... Um, we're all real laid-back people and real shy and stuff, so... It was crazy to see um, God move through us throughout the week. And uh, come Monday morning, we had door-to-door to start out with. And uh, we walk up to that first house. And uh, Micah, which was on my team, he started us off and uh, as a really solid um, starting point. And then we moved on to the next house. And all of a sudden, God is just speaking through every one of us. And uh, we just built the greatest relationship over the week. And to see... Um, a group of kids who were so shy and just um, just didn't even remember each other's names to going and we called uh, my leader Kayla. She uh, looked at us and she said, "Guys, I know this might be cheesy, but you know we're like a family now." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know that is awesome because we were just so quiet and shy, and I, I never knew God could really um, speak through uh, all of us. But we built the best team and." Um, and we just really changed the village all together. So. That's great. So one of the, the more difficult things is, is getting back on the plane and coming home. 
Um, and then you get back into American culture and, you know, the adjustment there and just trying to process what you've seen and what you've learned. How has, now that this is your, your second trip, how has this trip changed your perspective of the world and maybe caused you to make changes in, in your everyday life? Um, I'm going to share a little story. And on our last day on Friday, we, uh, we were leaving the flags and all, all of our leaders are yelling at us to get on the bus because we were already 10 minutes past the time we were supposed to be on it. And, um, and we're all just, just real emotional. And uh, I met this little girl and I had to tell her bye. And I, I fought back the tears. I didn't, I didn't cry. And I got on the bus and um, still haven't cried. And I get on there and I put my head down. And I'm like, okay, you, you're not going to cry this year. You're good. Just ten, 10 more minutes, hold it in. And, um, and I look up, and I look into the eyes of a boy. Um, he was probably 15, 16 um, years old, and he is bawling his eyes out. And he lived in the village, and he has these rag clothes on, and um, he's just bawling. And um, to see him, that we were like his hope, we were... We were um, the word of God to him. We were the light. And um, to see him just bawling his eyes out because we were leaving just broke my heart. And it was, it was just amazing. And I, I put, that's when it all broke loose. And I bawled, <laughs> I bawled my eyes out for, I didn't look up again until we were on the main road. And, um, and it was just, it was so awful to, to see them all bawling their eyes out because we were leaving. And, uh, and it really impacted me, and I began to think about it on the ride home back to the mission house, and people are just as broken here in America as they are there. Um, the students I walk the hallways with are just as spiritually broken as that young boy I looked into the eyes of was, and um, I didn't really realize that until this past mission trip, and I kept thinking about it, and it's been on my heart, and um, here in America, we can cover it up. We don't see each other's brokenness because we all look alike, we all talk the same, and, um, it's, and I began to think about it, and that boy is just as broken um, as the other students we walk the hallways with, if not more, and it just really uh, tore me apart, and I kept thinking about that, and um, I've just been starting to think about ways to be able to bless the students around me. Um, I know it's not as great of an impact on their lives because um, we have access to things, and all are, um, for the most part, financially stable. But uh, to see that boy just bawling his eyes out really broke my heart and changed my perspective on the way we look at things. So. That's amazing. All right, Miss Natalie. So Natalie uh, and a couple other girls added an extra benefit in that uh, they helped us translate last week because uh, they... They speak Spanish, unlike the rest of us who uh, like to pretend and, and get made fun of for our Spanish skills. So Natalie did a, a great job and, and helped translate, um, and this is your second trip as well. Talk about uh, a story or something that stood out to you this, this past trip. Um, what stands out to me so much is how God reveals himself to us. Um, it's so awesome to see that although these people, you know, they, sh- they go through struggles every day, yet they have that, that faith that most of us don't have. Um, so my group went door to door and we split up and my group, we went to this um, house and it was this lady, her name was Carly and she was kind of old 
And um, she was telling us how she used to work a lot because they really need that money because in her house it's her, her daughter, and her grandchildren. But she got paralyzed from her hips down, so she was not able to work anymore. So then there was no more money to come in. And she was telling us how she really needed a wheelchair because she had one, but they gave it to her forever ago, and it didn't work anymore. And so, you know, um, my group and I, like, figured out a way. We talked to Todd to see if we could get her a wheelchair. And two or three days later, we went back and we gave her the wheelchair. And her face, I don't, it just, it just shines so much. She was so happy when she saw it. And it was just awesome to see how she gave all the glory to God. Instead of saying, thank you guys so much for bringing it to me, she was saying thank you to God. And that was just so powerful to me because I know that when I go through struggles, I, instead of going to God, I kind of get mad at God and I turn away. But just seeing how much like they go through, yet they have the faith that we don't have. And they're just you know, they thank God for everything. And I kind of made it clear to her that, you know, it wasn't us who provided it for her, but if not, we were, it was God, and we were just his um, hands and feet, and we were just there, you know, we were his vessels, and we were just there to give it to her. And she says she knows, and she knows that God was the one who was able to provide, and that he sent us there for a reason. So that, that was just so awesome to see. That's awesome. Cool. One of, um, one of the goals of this trip is, is for this to impact long-term our students. And so um, we don't want this to just be a one-week thing that they give it everything they've got and they watch God show up and then they just go back to their normal life. And so one of the things I, I love about Natalie is that this, this trip has inspired you to action um, right here in our, in our own community. So talk about some of the, the ways that what you've seen in Nicaragua and how God's used you has impacted you here. Um, so I've always loved to serve, even when I was younger, you know, I always did it, but sometimes I felt like what I was doing wasn't enough, because I was always looking at the material stuff, like, am I taking enough food, am I, you know, am I taking enough people, like, I always thought I wasn't doing enough, and then going into Nicaragua, you, you realize that they, I mean, obviously they need the material stuff, but that's not all they need, you know, they need one hug, one hug can make their whole day, you know, if you just give them a kiss on the cheek, that can be like their entire week, and so coming back from Nicaragua last year, um, when I went back to going to the nursing home and feeding the homeless, I realized that I could take as much as I wanted to, but that's not, that's not going to satisfy them. It can satisfy them for, you know, a little bit, but it's the fact that I'm there talking to them, giving them hugs, showing them my love, that, that's what satisfies them the entire, I would say, forever, you know, because they don't really get that a lot. So Nicaragua has truly made me realize that it's not just the material stuff, but also you know, what you give out, like, emotionally and physically. So, yeah. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. Um, hey, moms and dads, I, w- I want you guys to know, I know um, all three of you guys, thank you for, for sharing and, and being up here. And um, so proud of, of the three of you and, and what, uh, what God's done through you. Um, and I want, I want every mom and dad in the room to know um, how proud of, of every single one of, um, of our students we are. Um, how, again, it, every single one of them, we, at the beginning of the week it was, we're going to push you off this ledge. This isn't a trip where you're just going to be able to kind of you know, ease your way into it. Um, we're going to force you out of your comfort zone, and you're going to have to step out in faith. And so it was an amazing process as the week went on to watch students go from us kind of pushing them off the ledge 
to them jumping off the ledge and being willing, you know, to, to do anything and everything that was asked of them and even above and beyond that, what wasn't asked of them um, for, the, for the good of, of the people that they were ministering to. And so um, I want to I thank the moms and dads in the room who uh, nervously, probably in a lot of cases, allowed your student to, to get on the plane with us and go. And, um, and I hope that, that you're able to see the impact that, um, that they've had, but that also has, been, has taken place in their own heart. So um, now to the, to the rest of, of us and, and to Reckless as a whole, um, this, uh, this trip was not just limited to the 85 people that went. This was not just something that, you know, we're not just showing these videos and hearing testimonies just so that you can say, oh, you know, way to go, that was such a great thing. But, but the reality is, is that all of us are a part of this thing. Because of, over the last year, as we've given to our, our Nicaragua offering and the well over here, um, you guys have, even though you maybe, for, for whatever reason, haven't been able to come on the trip, or you know, your mom and dad is, is a lot more reluctant to let you come, um, or whatever barriers there were, you guys are just as much a part of the trip because you gave, in a lot of cases, generously and sacrificially all year long. And so as we, every single week, have collected offering and said, hey, we're going to use this to bless the people, so many of you guys have stepped out in faith in terms of giving and making that possible. And so you guys are just as much a part of this team. Um, you had just as much of an impact on the people in that village as, uh, as those of us that went on the, on the trip. And so you guys literally, we are literally changing lives in this village. Um, we, um, we last week, if, if you guys remember last semester, we, we had the, the opportunity to provide um, an education for 29 students. 29 kids in the village, we were able to pay to, to send them to school who were not going up until uh, the beginning of January. And so we, uh, I think we've got a picture of one of the kids that we captured there in the village with, that, with the yellow backpacks. And, um, and it, so it was amazing to me to get to be there on the ground and to hang out and we're playing dodgeball with the kids or we're soccer. And, um, and to see you know, this kid and to know that it was because of you guys that gave to the offering that made it possible to, that literally changed this kid's life who would not be going to school right now but because you guys gave generously and sacrificially you made it possible for this kid to have an education and so it's no understatement when I say that God is using us to literally transform a village and, um, and it's not so that the glory goes to us but so that it goes to God but I want you guys to know that we've had an opportunity um, last year and this year through our offering to bless people in significant ways. Um, this, this past week, we were, because of your, your donations, because of some other things that, that came in, we, um, and I was in charge of this, and it, it freaked me out, but we took $6,000 with us on the trip that was for nothing. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't earmarked for a construction project that we already had the funds for. It wasn't, you know, to be used specifically for, for something else. We, I, we literally took that with us and said, God, we have no idea what you want us to do with this money, but we're just asking for you to show the needs and the opportunities. And so we, um, uh, Jeffrey Morris, who uh, put the last video together, uh, did this video as well and put um, a video together just to show you how we were able to bless the people in the flags through your offering. So check this out. When you and I are willing to walk in obedience, God shows up. 
when we're willing to step out in faith and just to do even in the simple mundane things and we're, we are able to step out and believe that God can do something significant. God does something significant. And I love watching as, as it seemed like moment after moment, there was story after story, not stuff that we were making up or fabricating or any of that kind of stuff. These are just God moments, God-ordained situations where we just stepped out in faith and God showed up. And so for, for you guys back home that were, uh, even though you weren't on the trip, but you gave generously and sacrificially, you guys were just as much a part of helping that lady have a wheelchair or help provide a bite for that family so that that girl can get the medication that she needs for her seizures. And ultimately so that God is lifted up and glorified and that men and women and children can come to faith in relationship with Jesus. We, um, this, this past week, our, our trip verse that we used was from Proverbs 8.19. And, uh, and it says, What you receive from God is more valuable than the finest gold. And, um, and that was something that, I mean, as we walked throughout the village, you know, these, these people, as we said, were desperate for anything that we would possibly give them. If it was candy, if it was shoes, if it was clothes, if it was money, I mean, whatever it was that we... Um, were able to give them, they cherished and they, and they wanted. And so if you, if you were crazy enough to sit your backpack down and start opening it up, then you would naturally attract a crowd of people, of kids and, and women who would come over because they, they, they wanted whatever was in that bag, even though they had no clue what was in there. Um, and so as, as our team was going throughout the week, I mean, we can provide mattresses, we can provide bicycles, we can provide these kind of things. But what we wanted to be able to communicate to the people there is, is more than anything else, what God wants to give to you is, is a heart change, is life change. God wants to show up in your life and, yes, provide for your physical needs. But God wants to transform your life spiritually. And so as, as we, about halfway through the week, and, and that verse was fresh on my mind and things like that, and, and, um, and I started to think, do we, if, if we're communicating this to these people, then we've got to be really sure that we actually believe that that's true. I mean, do, 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 we, do I really believe that what God has done in my life is more valuable than anything that this world has to offer? Do I really believe that what God has in store for these people and the best thing that they can experience is heart transformation, is for God to show up and change their life? And that that's more valuable, more incredible than any money I could give them or any material possessions that I could provide for them. And, and I guess the, the challenge for us tonight is do, do we, in, in our world, in, in America, do we live every single day in such a way where we literally believe that what God is doing in us and our relationship with Jesus is more valuable than anything else? Is is Jesus just on the list of things that are valuable to us? Do we look at our relationship with God as something that we could take or leave? Or do we look at our relationship with God, do we cherish it to the point where everything else is worthless compared to that? In, uh, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul is, is talking to uh, the church of Philippi, and here's what he says. He says in verse 7, he says, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value 
of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else. I've counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Then he says, I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Whether we went on this trip or not, I think all of us have to determine what value God has in our lives. Do we, do we really view God as more important than the other things in our life? Do we hold so tightly to our relationship with God that we cherish it more than we do anything else that this world has to offer? Do we, as, as Paul says, do we look at it and, and, and consider everything else as worthless when compared, and he says, the infinite value of knowing Christ? That you can't even put a price tag on it. You can't even be able to determine its worth. That it has infinite value. It has infinite worth to our lives. And do we really, do we really view our relationship with God that way? Because... The challenge for us last week as, as our team was going, and we're trying to communicate that we do believe that. And it was, it was a challenge for us to say, man, is this something that I'm just communicating, but I, I, my heart's not really in it? Or do I really believe this with everything that I have, that God is, is more valuable to me than anything else? And am I willing to put my faith on the line to live that out? We give our time and our attention to what we value the most. And we can say, and it's easier said than done, that we value our relationship with God, but the proof is in what we do with our time. The proof is in how we live our lives and how we walk that faith out that we say that we believe. And last week I was so, as I mentioned, so proud of our team and how they, they put their faith on the line and they determined, you know what, this is the most valuable thing to me. And this isn't one, one of those trips where I can just go through the motions and fake it and be okay. Or I'm going to be exposed really quick that this isn't the most valuable thing to my life. And as I watch student after student and leader after leader not just say that this is the most important thing, but live it out by the way that they loved people. I think that as we come back, the challenge for all of us is do, do all of us live that out? Because as great of an impact as we made on that village over the last week, and 85 people have an opportunity to do some serious damage in that village. For us, if we, together, moms and dads and teenagers and adults, if we determine that Jesus is the most important thing and everything else is worthless compared to the, the infinite value of knowing Christ, if we really live that out, then how much of an impact would we see in our community? How much of an impact would we see on our school campuses? How, many, how much of an impact would we see in our homes? And what Paul is challenging us here is not just to say that it's the most important thing, but in the way that we model our faith, in the way that we live our lives, to put it to action. And so for us, I'm going to ask the, the band to go ahead and come up as, as we close out and sing.
as, as we come back, my, my hope and my, my challenge for, for this trip is not that we would just, for those 85 of us that went, is not just that two weeks from now that we would kind of get back into our normal rhythm of life and that would become a distant memory and something that we would look back at fondly. But it really has no impact on, on us today. But rather that we would never be the same. That it would motivate us to live our faith in such a radical, intentional way, just like we did in that village, where we say, God, I want, just as you showed up in power and you moved in power in the flags, God, I want you to show up and move in power in my life, in my family's life, on my school campus, in my neighborhood. God, I want you to move in power. And it's not that we have an unwilling God. It's rather that are we willing to put our faith into action and believe that God can do anything through us. And if we start living out that, God, you are everything to me. God, there is nothing else that is more valuable than you. If we started living that out, we would watch what happened in the flags happen in Dallas, Georgia. And so my challenge is as we close tonight, as we sing about it, that we would determine in our heart and in our mind tonight that God is worth it. He's not worth just the bits and pieces that are easy to give, but rather he's worthy of everything. He's worth it all. And that we would live in such radical faith that we determine everything else as worthless compared to knowing him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. God, we can't for one second steal any ounce of glory for what happened last week. But God, we, I pray that the spotlight is, is clearly on you tonight. And as we tell the stories, as we've been telling the stories over the last few days, as we continue to tell those stories, God, may we not tell the story in such a way that makes us look important or look, makes us look significant, but rather would it point to a significant God, a God who is able and willing to move in power when we step out in faith and walk in obedience. God, I thank you for what you've done. God, I thank you for how you've shown up. God, and I believe that this isn't just a mirage. This isn't just something that will will fade away. God, I believe that this will motivate us to radical faith. God, I pray that you would do that in all of us, whether we went on the trip or not, that we would start determining that you are worth it all. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are, and we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.